0: You're listening to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. We give you the tips and strategies to help you utilize the web to get more traffic, leads and sales for your business. Now, here's your host, Nick Morris. Welcome back to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Morris, and this week, we're talking with John Baxter about uh, customers as community. G'day, John. Welcome to the show. G'day, Nick. Uh, John's joining us from uh, uh, interstate today. Uh, he's actually from Adelaide, but he's um, in, in Melbourne today, is it, John? Yeah, in Melbourne. Great. So uh, the the, and the topic we're talking about, as I said, is customers as a community, uh, uh, sort of a new way of looking at your customers, but I'll get John to explain a bit, bit, bit about that in a minute. Uh, first of all, John, though, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and a bit about what you do? Right.
1: Um, these days, I'm setting up business, um, realise, about realising the potential um, in changing the way that we work, which is mostly I've realised about um, tapping into the potential of networks. So networks at a community level, um, supporting community groups, um, networks around organisations, say around businesses, customer networks, volunteer networks, and that sort of thing, and between businesses. Um, Or not so much businesses, more so social sectors. So things like collective impact and collaboration across silos and across organizations.
0: Um, how about uh, you tell us a little bit about this this topic? Uh, customers as community. What, what do you really? What do we mean by this? Or what do you mean by this?
1: Yeah. Well, I was sitting down this afternoon and thinking about it. And um, you have read Tribes by Seth Godin.
0: Uh, I haven't actually read it, but I'm pretty familiar with uh, the uh, the concepts. Ah.
1: Well, um, tribes more or less the same thing as community. Um. In some contexts, people use the word tribe slightly differently and often a tribe is much larger and much less connected than a community, but most of the things that Seth Godin is talking about in his book about engaging with customers and leadership and that sort of thing, it's very much the same as with community. Um, community, you might look at um, a more closely knitted group. Um, tribes can be very sort of disparate and people acting um, as individuals, community Tends to be um, more interpersonal interaction, but then I know Seth Godin also talks about those sorts of things um, in tribes and, and bring um, customs together and tribes and followers together. So a lot of those a lot of those ideas will be um, pretty familiar to, to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess um, these days with technology and uh, and social media and those sorts of things, it becomes much easier, I guess, to. Uh, create these communities and, and to think about your customers in that in that way. Did did these ideas sort of exist before uh, the internet, for instance? Um, well, I don't know
1: to be honest. I know it certainly would have been. It wouldn't necessarily have been that productive to think about communities of customers because of the relative difficulty of engaging with them um, and being aware of their interpersonal. Connections, I guess. Um, It's no use having a community of customers if you can't facilitate their connections and support them talking to one another and being a community. um, If all you can do is put up billboards or or something like that and broadcast out to them, um, then it's just not that productive Um, trying to think about fostering community and supporting community. So um, it might be a relatively new concept, it's relatively new to me, Um, but you're probably as good a judge of that as I am.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, and what are some what are some of the benefits of uh, of creating uh, communities and then thinking of your customers as communities? Well, it's it
1: comes down to the way that market things is that organisations, companies, whatever it might be, it's a vehicle for getting something done. Um, and if you look at your organisation, you look at your company, and you take the mission of that organisation. Um, Fostering your customers as a community enables you to involve them in the pursuit of that mission, of that purpose, Um, enables them to step into participating in that, whether it's through sharing information or um, contributing to your product development or whatever it might be, Um, and also it has benefits like um, customer retention, increased customer retention, um, increase customer loyalty and things like that that um, drive on a commercial level um, customers to keep being good customers um, but also enable you to tap into them as a resource for doing things. So whether it's um, you know, if you're running a social enterprise and your business is about raising awareness then you can use your customer community um, to help spread the word of that.
0: Yeah, I think... Um that that makes a lot of sense, especially yeah, tr- tr- trying to leverage uh, your community for for raising awareness, as you just said, and also the the research or the product development idea that you can draw uh, and draw on. Uh, you know, the, the feedback from your community or your community of customers to to get their sort of thoughts on if you think you're thinking of going in this direction or that direction, or you know, what do you actually want and uh, that perhaps can be a difficult thing to determine. I talked was talking with um, Trevor Glenn about sort of lean methodologies last week and we're talking about it's important to, uh, to do that customer research and, and make sure that what you're delivering or trying to deliver is actually matching up with what your tiger market wants. And I guess if you have this community well set up, um, that makes that process much easier. Yeah, and
1: especially if um, what you're engaging community community in is something that um, has a co-creation element to it, that it's important that um, that you understand their context and that they might be involved in the creation of that. So something like um, Nike is a really good example of a company that is really supporting its community around its products um, with, I mean, I'm not a Nike customer myself, but you, know, you hear about them and the work they're doing with their apps and their fit, fit things and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, And those things, all of those things just would not be possible whatsoever without the co-creation of them with with their customers. Um, So it's not just about understanding um, how you can feed that information back into your development of products, but also being able to develop products effectively with with your customers.
0: Hmm. Great. So um, let's move on with uh, what are some of the tools that uh, people can use to create these communities and the platforms?
1: Well, the sort of number one tools are being able to reach out and communicate in whatever form that might be. Um, then number two is the social media platforms of any variety that support your customers talking to one another because that's what drives the community element. Um, obviously being able to engage them, um, get customers engaged in your brand and your mission and your vision. And then number two, enabling them to talk to one another. Um, as I did a workshop with a friend um, earlier this week, and as he put it, um, using social media intelligently, a big element of that is understanding the conversations that your customers want to have to one another, with one another, and providing them a platform and a means to have those conversations. And that's really what fostering community is all about. So those conversations, drive like relationships, um, and bring people close together um, around the mission and purpose that is your brand in your business.
0: Hmm. That's an interesting point about the, the, the customers talking amongst uh, themselves, with, You know, I guess, without you necessarily being there. Um, is this something you want to try and guide to make sure it's to do with your products or do you want to sort of see what are the conversations that they might want to talk about first and then just sort of let that happen and, and help that or do you really want to try and make it more uh, related to your business and your products or is there a way of doing that, I mean?
1: There's, um, there's really no need or purpose to restrain conversation to being about your business, but you do, I guess, want to keep the, the conversation in line with um, your vision, I guess, and and your purpose, and potentially, depending upon the forum, also keeping it in line with your values. So, I mean, customers having conversations about your business um, online, say on Facebook, if they're um, discussing your brand and associating what you do with, with that mission, that purpose and that spreads that and that's very productive, on the other hand, if you're hosting a forum, um, you probably want to be more aware um, of customers, say, acting inappropriately, whereas on Facebook if somebody acts inappropriately mentioning your brand, it really doesn't make that much of a difference to you unless they're flagging off, um, whereas on a forum you have a sort of a responsibility for that conversation in a way that you don't otherwise. But... In general, um, anything that's um, is the sort of conversation that people want to have with one another around your community, um, around your your brand, um, that brings people together and tightens that community, is, is a good conversation to have.
0: Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you mentioned forums just a second there. Uh, like uh, from my experience, forums are really difficult. I mean, if we're talking about sort of forums that are hosted on a website. Uh, that kind of sort of discussion forum, that can be really difficult to kick off. Uh, is, it a, is it a good idea for businesses to look at these forum ideas first or should they mayb- maybe really stick with social media to sort of test it out first and then maybe move to a forum later? Or
1: um, Do Definitely um, don't jump into trying to create platforms and bring people to platforms unless there's a solid reason for it. Um, it's It comes back to creating platforms and supporting your customers to have the conversations that they want to have. And if your customers don't want to go to a new forum, if they're not that invested that they want to have conversations on a new platform with other customers, then really there's it's of no benefit to anyone to try and start something up. If, on the other hand, um, you've got, I don't know exactly how Nike do it, they might not have forums, but they seem to have a really strong customer and community base, um, they'd be the sort of institution that would, that would be able to um, leverage real value out of supporting their customers to talk to one another about, you know, around their fitness goals, around um, their, their habits and their achievements and that sort of thing. That's the sort of conversations that customers um, and community are going to be invested enough in to warrant um, traveling to another platform. Outside of that, it's, it's you wouldn't want to start something until you have quite strong conversations going through other platforms like Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, which in a lot of ways are taking over what forums used to do sort of five to ten years ago anyway and are pretty good at enabling really rich conversations without the need to, to pull people somewhere else.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to force people to a new platform, uh, which may in fact lead them lead to them not embracing uh, the community aspect when you can you know, engage with them on an existing platform like Facebook where they already are and they're already used to using that platform. Uh, one thing I would sort of add as perhaps a cautionary thing or something that people should think about is that um, you want to perhaps build in some kind of um, uh, sort of another way of contacting people in case, you know, your Facebook page gets shut down or something like that. So maybe like a mailing list or some other way that you can connect, connect with them. So you don't lose all your hard work if, uh, you know, something happens because Facebook as, um, you know, ubiquitous and big and sort of strong as it is, it's a possibility that they could shut down a page or they could, you know, fall out of favor in the, in the future. So, and you want to have some safety nets built in.
1: Yep. And no matter how big you are, you're probably a small fish as far as Facebook's concerned. So if they do something to you and you don't like it, there's probably not that much that you're going to be able to do about it. Um, Absolutely. I think of, um, another thing is, as far as forums and independent platforms and that sort of thing, one of the things that um, has come up is that if you're hosting the platform for other people's conversations, um, depending upon which way you look at it and which way it goes, you could be liable. Um, for, and in general, you're responsible for those conversations. So that means you need to actively manage that in a way that, if it's elsewhere like Facebook, you really don't. Um, if people start getting rebellious and that sort of thing on um, on your website, you really need to crack down. On it. So it's a it's a resourcing issue in a way that conversations elsewhere aren't.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's another good point as well about the about the other yeah, platform. Um, what about um, offline? Uh, interactions, perhaps events, uh, things like that. Is this also, uh, does this also sort of fit into the model of uh, communities for customers?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, for sure. Um, One of the challenges would be having the density in any given place to support um, face-to-face interaction um, and also whether or not that's getting too far away from your core business to really want to be involved in it. But if you can do little things to support people um, coming together, um... Whether it's, I mean, if you have an on, online platform supporting people to, to connect online and just making it easier to find people locally and that sort of thing, um, but then at the same time you have organisations like Yelp, um, which do a really good job of putting on events, um, which which um, strengthen their communities and is a big part of the reason that um, people really dig Yelp and Yelp's growing in a way that the Square doesn't seem to be. Um, mm. because they foster that community and part of that is dedication to the community and running things like face-to-face events.
0: Mm, it's interesting, yeah. Events is something I'm really interested in. I haven't really sort of cracked it, so I'm always keen to ask uh, people like yourself about uh, what your thoughts on it are. Um, for someone like me, who's in the marketing space, um, having events with you know small business owners and stuff like that—that's really my target market. So there's a direct sort of reason for that. Whereas for another business that perhaps is you know B2C or even another B2B uh, business, it may not necessarily be uh, beneficial to to run events. So I guess the key is making sure there's actually a reason for doing it and not sort of just just doing it. The yeah, hell exactly. If you can run an event that enables your customers to have the
1: conversations that they want to have and do things that they want to do, um, then that's worthwhile. Yeah, and that's sort of what it comes back to.
0: Great. And uh, I'd imagine that um, once you sort of get this community going or even to get it going, it can take quite a lot of uh, work, investment of time and investment of of money to sort of promote it. Um, I and this is, this, especially the time thing, is something that a lot of small business owners are going to be struggling with. Do you have any, um, are there any sort of good best practices or tools or ways that you can uh, minimise the work required uh, to try and get something going and then to, to sort of maintain it?
1: Um, well, I guess it's the main thing is just to be aware of community building and the people and the conversations outside of your business as part of your regular social media communication strategy. Um, and yeah, that doesn't necessarily require any more effort than just be being conscious of that. And the second bit would be um, not to push it, but if you can tap into energies there that your customers have and the interests that they have and um, follow that and support them rather than trying to push it and get people to engage online or engage face-to-face, for that matter. Um, If you're pushing people to engage, then that requires a lot more resources than, um, I guess, a pool method of identifying where there's energy and doing that later on. Um, In terms of techniques and specifics, because it's so broad, the number of platforms and the different methods of engagement, it's it's hard to make any um, overall statements on that. But I guess the philosophy um, for efficiently using your time um, to get rewards and, and to generate good community engagement is to follow the energy.
0: Yep. Do you have any uh, tips for uh, how businesses can discover where these uh, existing interactions are happening and, and and how people do want to interact? Is it just by sort of looking, uh, using like there's tools out there like uh, social mention tools which you can see where people are mentioning your brand or uh, related topics? Is that the sort of the way to go or is there anything else?
1: Um, I'm not really familiar with um, social media tools that much um, as sort of the concepts and that sort of thing. But if you do have a presence online, the first place to start would be the immediate conversations around that. So who's talking on your Facebook page, who's commenting on your blog, um, all that sort of thing. The biggest majority of um, discussions around your brand are going to be there. Um, In terms of tools to identify what's outside of that, that's, um, yeah, I'm Sorry, I can't provide
0: too much. No, that's fine. There's uh, lots of other people uh, in, in the sort of more of the social media space, I guess, who uh, can talk about that, those sorts of uh, issues. Um, I'm going to move away from the topic a little bit and just uh, talk about Collaborate to Innovate, which is uh, an event that, uh, that you helped to organise. Um, how long has it been going for now?
1: Um, Liam Darmody and Vanessa Picker um, started it up getting on about 12 months now. Ago, I think, when they, um, well, when Liam first moved to Adelaide. Um, So, yeah, it's probably been about 12 months. Um, They've since moved on doing other things, and so it's now been two months of this year, so since the start of this year that I've been um, leading that, and it's going pretty strong.
0: Great, yeah, I've been along to just those two months, so uh, you're the (laughs) the only person I have nothing to compare it to, but it seems to be going well uh, from my perspective as well. Um, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about what it is exactly?
1: It's a meetup group, a regular monthly meetup for people to meet face to face, and it's about providing um, a space where people that want to take action on the things that they're passionate about can come and meet. Um, we provide speakers, um, a little bit of an excuse for people to come along, and basically, it's it's a community-building sort of thing, um, providing people the opportunity to come along and have conversations that they want to have um, and meet like-minded people.
0: Great. And uh, given, I mean, you've only, only been uh, sort of leading it for the, for two months, as you say, but um, uh, d- are there any techniques or community building ideas that you've applied to this group um, that, you know, someone else we, we could learn from? Uh, what are some ideas for, like, growing the group? Is, is there anything specific you've been doing?
1: Um, I suppose I've applied... All of that, and I was involved with um, Liam and Vanessa last year. Sort of we we're regularly having conversations about it and, and how it had looked. So I've been involved um, for a little while. For a little while, um, most of the concepts and that sort of thing around community building that we've talked about so far have been applied in, in some form. Um, one of the other sort of areas that we've looked at in the last sort of three or four months, particularly around the changeover and Liam and Vanessa leaving, was forming a team um, to support um, the collaborate to innovate moving forward, which is getting into much more of the details of the sort of community building, community cultivation practice that that I apply to things like this. But it's about providing people an opportunity to step closer into the centre of the community, um, providing open invitations for people to come along and have discussions about the future and to come along and join the team and have conversations about how we can all contribute and what that's meant is that it's filled it out instead of being me and one or two other people helping out um, basically to run it, we now have a, a team of I think five or six on and off. Um, we're able to contribute, um, able to bring up ideas and connections and really to be a core that supports the community and reaches out and provides a strong culture and, and makes sure the events are uh, good community events that people are work coming back to. And that's sort of thing that once you get into more of the details of, of thriving communities, having a structure that there's people sort of in a, inner a rungs I guess and, and concentric circles of people that are more engaged um, who support the community. So on a forum or online you'll have your champions and, and people that are posting every day and, um, and then people that are progressively sort of less interested in that. So we've sort of made an effort to Give people the opportunity to step into the middle to support the community.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And uh, how often, uh, that's monthly usually, or do you have some other ev- uh, sort of social events during the month as well, don't you? Yeah,
1: beyond the the other things pop up. Um, the model we're looking at at the moment is main monthly events and then a social drinks the next week. So if people want to come and catch up more if they can't make the main monthly event, um, that's just sort of a secondary sitting in the pub having a beer type thing. and we're also involved in um, an conference that I'm helping organize with a couple of other um, partners and community groups um, at the start of next month. And that's sort of the half of Collaborate to Innovate um, group. We're one of the partners in that. So it's the odd, odd additional thing that pops up
0: as well. Great. And if uh, anyone's interested in um, getting the dates and things for that, uh, you can head to our, our website, webmarketingadelaide.com.au uh, slash events. I've got a calendar up there with all sorts of business-related uh, events happening in Adelaide, and I'll make sure I put up Collaborate to Innovate on the calendar there. Um, but there's also, you can go direct to uh, the Meetup group, uh, which is where you organise all the events from, uh, I believe. The um, Yeah,
1: the URL for that is meetup.com slash C2IADL.
0: Nice and easy. too easy I'll also put a link in our show notes on the website so people to click right through um, just before we finish up uh, you wrote a, a book a book in a week I think it was uh, last late last year could you tell us a little bit about uh, what that a bit about that project uh, what it was like? first of all um, what was the book about well the topic of the
1: book was openness um, that's something I sort of plot on a few days um, before the book, um, before sitting down to write it. I'd, it wasn't something that I wrote because necessarily I thought it needed to be written. Um, sort of a bit of a backstory. I'd had a plan to write a book by the end of this year, by the end of 2013. Um, and then I went to Startup Weekend at the end of last year, Startup Weekend Adelaide, and one of the teams sat down and wrote a book in about a day and a half. Um, so I was sitting there with a year and a half timeline to write a book while other people were writing in a day and a half, and I thought, well, it's, it's a bit silly if my first book takes me a year and a half, I should sort of punch something out a bit quicker. So I decided, well, I'll just set aside a week, and before the week starts, I'll work out what I'm going to write about, and then I'll, I'll punch out a book. Um, so thinking about sort of some of my experience in networks and collaboration and that sort of thing and what's been covered and what hasn't been covered, um, I found that the concept of openness and how that applies to working in general, um, to connections and to collaboration that sort of thing, nobody really focused on on that as a topic you know this this is what open this is, this is what it means to be open and there's and some, some tips about doing that so that became the topic and um, seven days later we had a book
0: right and uh, did you find yourself able to just uh, knock it out or, what were some any ch- challenges you faced
1: the um the main challenge was having seven days of relatively unstructured time that I was trying to fill. Um, it's very hard to sit there at 8 o'clock in the morning and go, okay, I have 12 hours today, I'm going to write a whole lot of book but not having milestones and not having sense of exactly where that should be and so I spent a fair bit of time actually procrastinating and just mulling around, writing, unwriting, rewriting, not doing all that much. Realistically, what I wrote could have been in about four days, maybe three if I was really productive. Um, So that's sort of an indication of how the week went. still sort of hook length. Um, it was 45-odd pages in A4, which would be 60 or 70 in a book size. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but still for a week's worth, because I hadn't planned it that well, um, and partly I think because I was working alone and didn't have somebody else to be um, telling me I should have written more by lunchtime and that sort of thing, um, could have gotten a lot more done. So that was the biggest challenge for me.
0: Interesting. I, I think just even going back to the the lean uh, methodologies idea I just mentioned, that I talked about with uh, Trevor Glenn seems like a, a very lean way to, uh, to test the idea of writing a book um, uh, from the from the process perspective. Yeah.
1: To be honest, the book's not that good. I mean, it's somewhat interesting, and I've brought some interesting things up. But the good book book will be version two, um, and the book that's really worth reading will probably be version three. Um, version one is just it's a, a minimum viable product, and sort of along those lines. Um, if I wasn't embarrassed with it, it would have taken too long. Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed with it, so I think it, it probably took about the right amount right, of time.
0: Perfect, perfect. I'll uh, perhaps I'll hold off for version three then uh, before, I, before I jump <laughs> no, into read, 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 read version it. two. Read, <laughs> version two will be will be um, okay. worth delving into. Fantastic. I will do that. Um, I think we'll finish off the interview there. Uh, thanks very much for uh, coming on the show and having this chat. It's been interesting and uh, good. Uh, I always like to delve into interesting people's minds, and you're definitely <laughs> one of those people. Um, if want, people want to find out more about what you're doing and perhaps connect with you, uh, which is, what's the best way to do that?
1: Um, checking out jsbaxter.com. That's um, S for Slade, being my middle name. Um, And there's links from
0: that page to all the other various things that are going on. Um, It's the easiest way. Fantastic. Uh, I'll put those links uh, again in the show notes for anyone who wants to go check uh, you out there. Uh, And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you, Nick. That brings us to the end of another podcast. For more information about this episode and all our others, head to our website www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au